Today on Drawing Near, we take one more look at the seven churches in Asia before we move on to chapter 4. I encourage you to reread chapters 1, 2, and 3 and reflect on what we have studied. In order to imprint God's Word on our hearts, we must spend some time reading, hearing, and thinking. There is great reward in moving slowly and deliberately through God's Word. So if you are ready, take your Bible and turn to the Revelation of Jesus Christ, chapters 2 and 3, and follow along as we study He Who Has an Ear to Hear. As we begin our study, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And Father, we thank you for what we have studied so far in this book of Revelation the revelation of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, that we will take time, that we will make the effort to look at and for what you say about your Son. Lord, we need to see more of Jesus day by day. We need to know more of him. We need to know him more deeply. We need to love him. Help us, Father, to have our eyes opened, to be those who have eyes to see, and ears to hear. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we have seen in chapter 1, John sees Jesus holding the seven stars in his right hand and walking among the seven golden lampstands. That image is explained as Jesus holds the seven messengers or angels, the pastors of the churches in his right hand, And he's walking among the seven golden lampstands, which are the seven churches of Asia. We learn that the Lord Jesus is intimately involved with his church. In looking at chapters 2 and 3, we see that Jesus describes himself to each of these churches. And by and large, that description is a description of the voice that John sees when he turns around and sees the Lord Jesus. He describes himself. He tells each of the churches that he knows their works, and then he addresses what he knows of each of these churches. If we will go back and examine what Jesus says to these churches, what we will find out is this. There are three churches that when Jesus says, I know your works, he has good things to say about each of those churches. But then after he addresses the positive He calls them to repent for glaring sins in the church. Then there are two other churches that he has nothing good to say about them at all. There are only sins, glaring sins, that must be addressed, and he also calls them to repent. But then there are two other churches who are in the midst of suffering. He doesn't have anything bad to say about them at all. He only has positive to say, and his counsel is not to repent but rather to hold on. Each follower of Christ should take the time to examine these seven letters and see what good Jesus has to say about these churches, but also to focus on what sins are present that he calls them to repent of. We need to examine our lives to see if those sins are present in us, sins of compromise, sins of becoming casual and complacent, sins of tolerance. These are glaring sins that Jesus calls these churches to repent of. And we need to examine ourselves so that these things would be addressed in our own lives under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. For Jesus sees, he knows 
what's going on in our lives and in the lives of our churches. If churches are going to repent and come around, it takes individual members to hear the Word of God and to repent. The tendency is just to gloss over these things, to not examine ourselves at all, to assume that we are okay, or to assume that we can never be right with the Lord Jesus Christ in the way that he desires, so we don't even make the effort. We must make the effort. We must strive to be holy and faithful, obedient, loving Christ with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is clearly called for in these seven churches. We also need to acknowledge out of these seven churches that there are individuals, there are churches, who are so much suffering for Christ because of their stand for Christ, their testimony. They are surrounded by such evil that Jesus Christ sees what they're going through and simply tells them to hold on. Now, we need to understand they are called to hold on. They're not allowed to give in. They're not allowed to surrender or capitulate. They must hang in there. They must hold on. And if we are in those circumstances, we need to know that Jesus expects us to continue on, persevere in the faith, until he calls us home. The last thing I want to point out in these seven churches, these seven historical churches, is to each one of them, Jesus says, to him who overcomes, and then he makes a promise. I think it's valuable to go back and look at the promises, but only after we have thought through the idea of overcoming. These are unique words. We must understand that to overcome means to put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to produce fruit that will last under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and to live out our faith day by day. You can't be said to have overcome when you don't literally follow the Lord Jesus Christ. There are so many people in our world today who profess a relationship with Jesus or profess faith in Jesus, but do not live out that faith at all. We must understand that followers of Jesus follow Jesus. Jesus has called his disciples to deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow him. He has called his disciples to die to themselves. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but it is Christ who lives in me. We are to reject the world, we are to reject sin, and all those associated with it, and embrace the truth that is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. And these letters to the seven churches clearly communicate that. One last word about these churches. Many see these seven churches as not only seven literal historical churches that existed in John's time when he was writing this letter, but also as seven churches that represent seven periods in church history. Some have gone as far as to look back over the last 2,000 years since the ascension of Christ and address time frames to each of these seven churches, times of prosperity, times of intense persecution, and many believe that if that is the case, if these are representative of time periods in church history, many believe that we are currently in the period described by the Church of Laodicean, 
In other words, we are in the period of the lukewarm church. And if that is the case, then we're also in the last church period before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that interpreting these seven letters to these seven churches as addressing seven literal historical churches and addressing all churches through seven different periods of church history has a lot of merit. But the clear interpretation of these two chapters, chapters 2 and 3, are to interpret them as letters to seven churches representing all churches of all time until the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Because that is the most clear interpretation, I think the greater emphasis needs to be placed on examining our churches and evaluating our churches to see if we are pleasing to the Lord, and if not, how we may be more pleasing to Him, dealing with sin, repenting, and striving to be obedient. Because as we have seen, if we are not serving and pleasing the Lord Jesus Christ, He tells us that there are going to be consequences. The Lord chastises those whom He loves. Remember what John did when he turned around after hearing the loud voice and saw the image of the glorified Lord Jesus? He fell on his face as though he were dead. The church of Jesus Christ needs to see the Lord Jesus in all of his glory, and we need to fall down before him in awe and wonder and worship and serve him boldly and serve him completely with all of our hearts. Jesus is worthy of all of our love, honor, glory, and praise. Father in heaven, open our eyes, open our ears that we may hear. Give us insight into what is important to you, what you value, rather than what we in our flesh stuck in this world value. Father, we need our priorities rearranged. We need to embrace those things that you value. We need to have convictions that honor your word and our Savior. Guide us with your Holy Spirit. Help your church to rise up and be the bride of Christ in all of its holiness and in all of its glory the way Christ desires it to be. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.